the end of the world. That's the Stop Shopping Choir. I'm Reverend Billy from the church of Stop Shopping here in lovely downtown Brooklyn, where I have to say, today we had 98 rallies and marches here. Oh, those are the ones you can hear the firecrackers outside our windows. Some of the marches are still going on. This is Black Lives Matter in its fifth weekend. And this is, this is a moment that lengthened into a revolution. And it's come into us now. It's embedded now in the most conservative structures, the military, the religions, the corporations. Change is going on now. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to talk about the first moments that you hear about, that a vibration comes into your body from a long way away, from Stonewall, from Tahrir Park, from Standing Rock, from Occupy Wall Street. You just get that first, oh yes, that's it. And you just get up and you go and you go where you have to go. And you find out what you have to do and you do it. That first moment, that's what we're celebrating today, Juneteenth, uh, when at the end of the Civil War, the Texas slaves first heard that they were free. It is a jolt of freedom, that jolt. Let's have that be our theme today. Let's discuss that. Because we need to renew it. We need to sustain it, keep it, keep it up, keep it going. It can't go away. This thing right here in its fifth weekend, it's got to keep going. This is the thing right now in the windows. These firecrackers, this music, these laughing people, these fists in the air, Black Lives Matter. This, this is what will make it possible for us to come to the end of the world and know that it's a beginning. It's a beginning. Amen? I'm going to go to the anthem now of the Occupy Wall Street sung by the Church of Stop Shopping Gospel Choir. Here we go. submarine? No. 
It's a bowhead whale. They live to be a hundred years old, singing underneath the ice. submarine it's a bowhead whale they live under the ice singing they can live to be 100 years old what am i looking at asking that question this morning that is posed when a police person shoots and kills someone mistaking an object in their hand a cell phone well i have a neighbor who had a piece of welding equipment in his hands and he was shot and killed. All these stories that come out after a gesture looks like they were reaching for a, an object in a pocket might have been a, these after-the-fact reports often lying outright trying to legitimize that kind of violence. That's what Black Lives Matter is making impossible now. In the second verse of that song, what am I looking at? Is that a gun? No, it's a piece of welding equipment. The guy was a welder. He likes to dance around the neighborhood, dance on the sidewalk. Let's watch him dance, watch him perform. That's Saheed Vazel. I'm talking about that neighbor, Saheed, right down the street here. 
He was a welder at one point in his life, but had become a street character, a beloved, certainly troubled, but just a good person. Always there with a greeting, a blessing. God bless you. Have a good day today. And he was taken care of by the neighbors, by the shopkeepers, and by the police on the beat. But a gentrified person from one of the luxury towers, a new person in the neighborhood, was frightened of him and didn't call what he was doing a dance, called it a threat, waving a gun around at people. And the police came in with the cruiser and shot Saeed right out of the cruiser, just stepped out of the cruiser and shot him dead. Visions of Tamir Rice and so many other stories, not taking the time to see what he actually had in his hand or to know his personal history, to know something about, well, he was a welder once. He might have picked it up off the street because he, he liked to play with objects that he found in the street. That was a part of his story. But he also might have had something that he treasured from the days when he was a welder. And so Saeed Vazel is a story that each and every one of us has we have dozens of stories like that all across the world. People living under militarized police forces who want to occupy you and your neighborhood and make laws as they go with their guns. And we have that all around the world. Anybody with a strong man, Trump, Bolsonaro, Netanyahu, Erdogan, Duterte, Boris Johnson, the people who they have different variations on the strong men. But that must end now because now is a time of peace. And I say that because I have seen the memories of Zahid rise in people. And the people here in New York have filled the avenues and streets and bridges because they remember. And we're helping each other remember together. Remember. Say the names. George Floyd. Brianna Taylor, Ahmoud Arbery, George Floyd. Oh, that look in the eyes from George as he calls out for his mother. And we remember that. Ah, I've got an NYPD helicopter coming over my house right now. Way too low. Illegally low. That military occupation. I think they brought it here from Afghanistan and Iraq. So many of these trigger-happy ones... They grew up right out of their teenage years. And they went to a racist war and started shooting black and brown people. And that's the life they've lived so far. And they come back here and get a job in a police force. They are, it's been shown, oh yes, we know this. They're the ones that shoot first. But now we are re-humanizing re, re our city with that re-remembering. Until finally, what's happening right now, we are occupying City Hall. Thousands of us camping out, rain or shine, around City Hall as City Council members consider what they will budget for the police next year. Will it be $6 billion again? I don't think so. Because the whole thing is kept in motion by many of the people who are not on the streets with the tens of thousands of us but they are having their own revulsion. They are supporting peace in their own way, even from positions of white privilege. It's happening from all directions right now. And the police sense that. And in desperation, 
on June 4th, they started trapping people and ambushing them and chasing demonstrators down the street, beating them over the head, pushing them down, blood on the pavement, arresting them by the hundreds. My loved one here, Savitri, a part of that night, it didn't work. Not that time. And their stories about what happened were not believed. Too many people were there and too many people remembered. The reconstitution of our memory flies in the face of all the economics, the pixels, the spinning, the marketing, all the violations of our memory that are coming down upon us. We remember James Baldwin, Nina Simone, Stokely Carmichael, Malcolm and Dr. King. We remember, we are remembering peace. And this is a peace movement. Say the names. Oh, the thousands of names. And peace starts coming up in us. And we can walk to City Hall and say, we remember. We can arrive there, put down our blanket and say, we remember. And therefore, you must remember. And therefore, we must not have more people like Marsha P. Johnson killed. Yesterday was Black Trans Live Day, the, the alternative pride march without any corporations or cops. We filled the streets and remembered Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera and all the others. And we celebrated difference. Yes, in race, in gestures and aptitudes and backgrounds. And he was dancing. He was making up his own dance. Saeed was dancing. And it was a dance that the people in the neighborhood loved. And they celebrated that difference. And the person celebrating fear and celebrating that we all act exactly the same in that monoculture, he stood up out of his car and shot Saeed. Killed him on the spot. No. We remember difference. We are in the footsteps of Marsha P. Johnson. That black trans soul, that hero who helps so many people fleeing from religious bigotry, fleeing from sexual fear, arriving in New York and Christopher Street, arriving here. She was there to help. You are helping now. I can feel you're listening to me right now. I know that you know what I'm saying. That moment of peace, that courage to celebrate difference. Sometimes having a stranger witness you and you're not sure of that stranger's attitude. You're not sure if that stranger has a gun but you help the person with you, and then that person changes. That person changes, and we all change together. Peace alleluia. Peace alleluia. We can do this. We can rise up against the strong men and their paramilitaries. We can do this together. Peace alleluia. This is a peace movement. It's a loving movement. It's a changing, life-changing life-changing movement. Now is the time. Now is our time. earth Hallelujah. love Hallelujah. change Hallelujah. Ah, oh, this is Reverend Billy. Thank you for being with me for my, my, my remembering. Take care.
what am I looking at? Is that a nuclear submarine? years old singing underneath the ice Listening to a police riot and kettling operation, an ambush of a peaceful protest on June 4th, one month ago. And these uh, police are just bashing people and pushing them into piles. And, and this is their last attempt to violently suppress the Black Lives Matter movement, which in that month, day by day by day, has grown in importance. More thousands are out on the streets. The police have backed off. They don't know what to do. So this is a very important social movement, and we would like to talk now to Savitri D., our friend who was there that night in the Bronx. Full disclosure, she's the love of my life. Hey, Savi. Hey, Welcome. What's up? And we're here with Lena. Lena with the blueberries over there. Now, Savi, you were in the thick of it on June 5th in the Bronx. 4th, yeah. June 4th. Oh, you were in jail, just getting out of jail on the 5th. That's right. On the 4th, this would be called the last of the New York City curfew battles. Mm. The kettling by the police, bloodshed, batons on the head, ripping backpacks off the back, gassing, and a low helicopter, right, with lots of sound and whirlwind, chaos, and here they come, they've got you trapped, and they're pushing into piles. Now, since then, we've had 20 uh, days here in New York of peaceful protests. Am I well, right? I just want to say that, you know, those protests were peaceful, too. It was the cops who were not peaceful. And I think the whole uh, dialogue around peaceful protest is always works in the favor of the police. Right. And in the favor of, like, a more kind of conservative line that says that, Protest is dangerous and violent and crazy. And, you know, protest is not those things. As if once we've started it, we're responsible for whatever happens. Are the New York City police uh, changing, do you think, as a result? They got scolded. They had two kettle battles, one in the Bronx and another one in Manhattan. Well, let me just say that, you know, 
The police do what they want under almost any circumstances here in New York City. There's 35,000 of them. They are well-armed, they're well-funded, they are not, unfortunately, well-trained, and they come in force. That arrest you talked about in the Bronx, it's now a notorious event, carnage, violent. I've been in protests for 25 years. It was one of the worst I've ever seen in terms of police response. Not surprising, but terrible. You can bet that the captains are telling the police on the beat to avoid harming black male suspects at this point, right? They're probably under... I don't think under... it's that they say to avoid harming black male suspects. I wish that were the case. I think they're just all stepped back, and they're just around the corner. They're like sharks who have like backed into a parking spot, and they're just hanging out waiting. And what are they waiting for? Are they waiting for the press to become disinterested, which has already happened? Are they waiting for politicians to do their usual soothing number and say like, oh, well, we'll just reform the police. We'll defund them a little bit. They'll just go back to their habit, their tactical habit of murder and violence. Amen. What are the police doing? They're waiting for the next chess move from the radical abolitionists. Well, of, of which speaking, I, I would like to be one. You would like to be... I mean, I am one. I am a radical abolitionist. We don't need cops. Cops are hurting us. Cops are dangerous. In my lifetime, I've never called the cops. I've been in a lot of dangerous situations. I've never called the cops. Well, we've had 9-11 calls end up with dead, what I'm dead people you is in that our neighborhood. We have other ways to do this. We have to change the way we police. And when we say, oh, let's abolish the police... And people say, oh, we can't do that. That's impossible. You know, we can do that. As Ocasio-Cortez said the other day, she said, oh, yeah, that's easy to imagine. That's the suburbs. <laughs> All right. Now, speaking of the suburbs, corporations are violent from video games to glamorizing war and murder to Trump's wall and the construction of the security state. They're making money off of all that. Will the violence in other sectors of society be confronted now? Will, will it go from George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery to, uh, do you think that there's a, there's a chance that reevaluate? Re they're talking that way. The, the corporations just, are talking that I way. I would just say, Rob, that we can't approach any other issue or any other subject until we've dealt with this subject, this problem, this systemic racism, white supremacy. Nothing can be confronted until we confront that. And how would we know that we've confronted it? When will we have the signal that we can confront violence with equal fervor in, as I example here, the corporate sector? I would say release yourself a little bit from that productivity vibe, which you know comes from capitalism, really, more than anything else. Release yourself from that, that feeling of when will we know? When? Well, then when can I get back to that? Or when can we do that? And when can we do that? Well, look, we know the main event is coming, right? Climate change, it's 100 degrees in Siberia today. That wasn't supposed to happen until 2100. The main event is on the horizon. We have to get it together here, right now, here and now, so that we can all turn and look at the main event. Oh!
Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Eric Garner. Eric Garner. John Crawford. John Crawford. Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland. Miriam Carey. Miriam Carey. Amadou Diallo. Amadou Diallo. Oscar Grant. Oscar Grant. Eleanor Bumpers. Eleanor Bumpers. Jesse Hernandez. Jesse Hernandez. Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice. Ayana Stanley Jones. Ayana Stanley Jones. Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin. Emmett Till. Emmett Till. In this time of cultural revolution, it is important that we stay in touch. You're listening to the Church of Stop Shopping, Reverend Billy Radio. We're a group of direct action musicians. We get arrested a lot while we sing. <laughs> we invade places like Chase Banks, Monsanto Labs, EPA hearings, the British Museum. We have taught while singing and speaking at the Divinity School of Yale, at the Museum of Modern Art, and at uh, many a pipeline construction site. You can reach us personally through the homepage of revbilly.com, R-E-V Billy, revbilly.com. Special thanks to the Fiery Eagles of Justice, Jason Candler and Brendan Burke, who created with me that song about Saheed Vazel, the whale song special thanks to the stop shopping choir to the pantheon podcasts group that send us out to the world and a special thanks to neil young who features us in the times contrarian the newspaper that he edits that is inside of his website neil young archives check that out all right, everybody, change Alleluia, love Alleluia, earth Alleluia. This is Reverend Billy. See you next week. We'll post every week now on Wednesdays. Yeah.